0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are very happy to continue this episode about newlyweds. Newlyweds or newlyweds? <laughs> you know what? Maybe the other one we'll call it newlyweds, but newlyweds. <laughs> my name is Jismanio Ramos, and me and my Spanish accent are here. I'm always with my ladies, Kira
2: Kelly. Good
0: afternoon, village. <laughs> Kristen Scraggins. Hey, Village. And we have our husbands with us because this is marriage conversation. Ooh. Say hi, gentlemen.
3: Hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> Hello. And we are still with our awesome guest, C. Rod, as we call him, Christian Rodriguez.
3: Hello,
4: everybody.
0: And Victoria Rodriguez. Hi. They're our guests and our newlyweds. And this is part two. So we have some icebreakers again, as we did in part one. To get this conversation going for all of you newlyweds that are listening to this episode, Kira, why don't you just start with the first questions we have for our guests?
2: Okay, so Christian and Victoria, you told us you've been married for nine months currently. Mm -hmm. In those nine months, have you all had an opportunity to sit down and maybe discuss your goals over the first year or so, or even the first five years of your marriage? You know, Where do you all see you, you all going? What do you want to do? What are your plans? They're Come on. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> definitely not going to Georgia. <laughs> yeah.
0: We won't tell anybody. Listen we'll to part keep one.
4: <laughs> no, we've definitely learned from, I mean, you guys have spent a lot of time with us. We've been able to spend a lot of time with some other great couples that we really look up to. So we've learned the importance of, hey, goals early on are even if they're not the same goals for all 25 years, 30 years that we're married, it's yeah. important to start having goals and then adjust them and adapt them as we kind of keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think in our first year, it's been funny. We actually were talking this past weekend of we've had a lot of goals, and then we're like, all right, it's one thing to set the goals. It's another <laughs> thing to like work towards those goals. <laughs> Come on, three months, uh, it. <laughs> So every two months, they change a little bit. I think our most consistent goal is actually more of a long-term goal than a short-term goal. We've both really been prayerful to the Lord about, hey, what are some core values of our marriage? What are some things that we want to build our relationship on. And one of those things is we would love, and we're dreaming about uh, the opportunity for us to be in one place, uh, really for the majority of our lives. Mm-hmm. Of We love the idea of growing up in a neighborhood and seeing all the neighbors' kids grow up mm-hmm. and going to the grocery store and going anywhere in town to eat dinner and being able to be that couple Who in their 50s, everyone's like, yo, you know the the Hot Rods, that old couple?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. 50? Old? Uh, 60. Yeah, 60. Uh, 60. Okay, there you go. Wow.
5: I'm not really appreciating this conversation. That hurts my
1: feelings. (laughs) That hurts my feelings. (laughs) You're not in your 50s. You don't care. I know, but I'm hanging on my friend. <laughs> he hasn't learned that yet. You don't see a number after you say
4: old. That's right. That's right. But it's all good. It's all good. But that would be one of our goals, more that's of a long-term goal. We want to yeah. put a firm foundation in one place. And if the Lord calls us to somewhere else, okay. But that that's our goal for right now in the long-term. Victoria, mm-hmm. you have any short-term goals you could think of?
6: Just figuring out marriage will be one of them for this year. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for our first year of marriage is that we were kind of talking about was just meaning the same words. Cause we'll say like, Hey, well, we're learning this with our new dog. Hey, when you say go outside, does that mean like we're going to go on a walk? Does that mean that we're just letting her out for a little bit? Like we're both saying let's go outside, but we both mean two different things. And so like for our first year of marriage, it's definitely us sitting in the boat of, okay, we just said that we want to go on a date night. Date night for me means that we're going to plan it and we're going to go somewhere that's not our house. And Christians is date night is thinking.
4: We know what it is. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know what it is. Well, I, I want you, to go on a walk and do some other things. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a walk, walk, or what? Never mind. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Jenny haven't figured
6: walk. that out yet. Two, three more months. Three more months. <laughs> but those are our short-term goals.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you right now that that goal is a great goal and a goal that is going to keep expanding and unfolding and growing uh, your whole marriage. Because sometimes women are really good at saying something and deciding that they mean something else 10 years later. And so (laughs) it's really hard on our men to figure out. Jimmy, that does say that when I say, I'm good, that it means anything not, but good. good. <laughs> so he's, that's correct. He's if I like, say,
5: is everything okay? She goes, I'm good.
3: Nope. Not good. <laughs> not good. good. Not, <laughs> not good. good. Yeah.
1: I think I've been consistent in that. But things do change. And you know what? But your goal really is learning how to communicate, communicate with each other and understanding where each other are coming from and what you're thinking. And I think that's a great goal. And it's a, it's a goal that's worth investing time in. And so good for you that you're thinking that way, because it's a good way to think. So how have you seen the Lord working in your marriage in these nine months? And I just want to say, let me tell you how I see Him working in your marriage. And then you tell us more personal, but just from the outside ministry speaking, you guys are using the gifts that God has given you to be such a blessing to the body of Christ, and you take joy in it. And that's so evident. And I know that you're trying to figure out your schedules and how much do we do of that? And how much do we take time to be just together? But that is such a great thing that you guys are doing. And you are adding such value to here at Family Church, to our family personally, by the way, you're investing in our kids. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's fun to watch you guys have a good time loving each other, loving Jesus, loving our church. And uh, it's fun to watch. But I want to know personally, how do you feel like the Lord is working in your marriage?
4: I feel just like I've been grown tremendously in a way with my relationship with the Lord. And a lot of that has just been from our marriage. I get to be around Victoria so much. I work most of the time with Pastor Christian here, planning worship, and I also work in the college ministry. And A lot of the time, my mind is constantly moving, thinking ahead, thinking of the next thing. But Victoria, right when we first got married, I remember she said this quote. She said, hey, I want to encourage you to, when you listen to people, listen to understand. Don't listen to answer right away. And I've already learned in my Mm. friendships, the way I'm with my family, I notice it. And whenever I'm listening to a conversation... I'm ready to just pop off and all right, well, I'll I'll say this and then I'll say this. But Victoria has challenged me and show me the joy that it is to be slow and steadfast in the Lord and to take things as they come and to be more empathetic towards people in the way that I love people. That's even changed the way that I look at my relationship with the Lord. It has changed my prayer life. It has Mm -hmm. changed uh, the idea that When somebody listens to you, they shouldn't always be listening just to respond. They should be listening because they care for you. They love you. They want to understand you. So her saying that and pushing me in that way has really changed a lot of how I see people and how I see my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm super thankful that she's helped uh, me learn that.
1: I was going to say that was was good right there. You might get a date night that you're wanting to get later on because of that. You're going to get a walk. You're going to get a walk, okay? But how sweet of you to notice that and how wise of you to listen to what she's saying to you because you know she's out of love loving you to say it and that you're listening to her from such a young place in your marriage. That's really wise. I love that. What about you?
6: Well, I think
1: something that just i've been
6: learning is the good gifts that the lord does give you Mm. so just having a little bit of inconsistency growing up and just a little bit of seeing examples of parents my parents and seeing examples of like my brothers and stuff like that it's been fun to get to see the way that lord does give a good gift and i can truly enjoy it Mm -hmm. so just getting to like hang out with christian laugh be silly Mm -hmm. um buy all the baskets, like, that's perfectly okay with that. And he comes home and he's like, why are you buying all these things? He's just so encouraging, like, thank you. Oh, my gosh, this is exactly what we needed.
1: <laughs> that's a good husband right Good that's job, good man. Answer. You're getting all kind of brownie points wow. today.
6: I like this. So incredible. eventually I stopped, <laughs> buying all the baskets. But genuinely just enjoying the gift of just having a husband that loves me and that really does prioritize me and, and listen to me and make me feel silly and make me –
1: Laugh in all of those ways. It's, it's just been fun to get to enjoy it. Well, you're doing such a great job, and you know you're with our college students, and so that's who your main discipleship focus is right now. And y'all are giving them a good picture of what marriage is supposed mm-hmm. to be, in that you are loving each other and joyfully enjoying the relationship because marriage is a gift from mm-hmm. the Lord, and it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be joyful, and you are expressing that to your students that you're ministering to, just by the way you interact with each other. And we noticed it. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So, Sierra, you have some questions for us.
4: I do. I want to give these other men here a chance to earn their walks for later (laughs) this week. Amen. (laughs) So, we have been encouraged by a lot of couples we look up to that uh, we hear that phrase, you need to always date your spouse. And we've already learned how easy it is for us to miss a date night throughout the week with the craziness of life but i love getting to hear stories of different couples of what has been one of your favorite things over the course of your marriage to do for a date night is it the both of you going to a movie is it going to get dessert is it riding roller coasters like we heard on the last episode <laughs> so over all of your years what has been your favorite date night
2: well You me let me interject right here really quickly. I can honestly say Eric has found the key to my heart and um, that is food. (laughs) (laughs) And even in, and we talked earlier about the days when we were broke. I mean, we're a little further along now. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But Eric does a really good job of being intentional about encouraging us to go out to date So I've been a stay at home mom for about 20 something years. And I I know for me personally, at the end of the week, sometimes I'm like, the last thing I want to do is put on clothes and makeup and go out. But one of the things that he encourages and has encouraged over the years is like, you know, even though you've been in your sweats all week, come on, let's put on some clothes. Let's go out. And he will find different places for us to sit. Now, one of my favorite things is to sit on the water. So we go out to different restaurants where we can always have a water view. So that's like a key to my heart and also half baked. So if anybody does know Ben and Jerry's half baked ice cream. Oh yeah. I get a pint of ice cream <laughs> at least.
3: How many times a week? Uh, you, it's up to you to tell it. I'm not going to tell.
2: <laughs> okay, we won't share all that. Okay. But he knows well, saw that. that, didn't you? It, <laughs> that, that
0: was good. Like that was good. Right yeah. testimony right that? there, buddy. It is usually <laughs> marriage conversation, but it turns into
5: marriage confession.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it more, is yes.
5: it more than once a month? I haven't really
0: noticed. I haven't <laughs>
3: noticed. Every time I go to Publix, I pick up a pipe. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah.
2: Buy one, get one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's Love their logo. fault. If you ever want Ben and Jerry's coming <laughs> to our house. Yeah. Always oh, fault. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. Yeah, what you know? The only thing I'll add to that, and Kira is absolutely right. You know, we would love to go out on the water. Places, I mean, water is, I mean, for us, it's just very tranquil. But I will say this with the ice cream. One of the things that we used to do in terms of date night, when Kira didn't feel like putting on clothes, sometimes I would run out and get the ice cream. And at the time, it was Cold Stone. Cold Stone, mm-hmm. and we. I know we've shared this before on the podcast, but our kids were smaller. And Cold Stone, I don't know if they still do it. They would put their ice cream in like a little paper bag. paper bag. Brown paper bag. Brown paper bag. And I would always sneak the ice cream in past the kids and you know, try to hide it in the freezer so they wouldn't know that we've gotten the expensive ice Stone cream. expensive, yeah. Yeah. But the kids always knew. They were like, we know that you guys got ice cream. And so we would actually go in the room, close the door, sit in the bed. And you know, we just enjoy some ice cream. So it didn't have to be a nice, expensive dinner on the water now that I could afford to take my wife out on the water not just have trays in front of us. But it could be something kind of cool at home. Yeah, and it
2: sometimes is. it's just we make a day out of anything. We were on a soccer field last week. And yeah, that's we right. we're like, let's go get coffee and sit for an hour before soccer and just talk and catch up. So we did that. Yeah, yep. simple things. Mm-hmm. What about the screens?
5: Well, I know when we. I like what you guys said when we first started out because we didn't have money. Is we did a lot of things at home. So whether it's back then, it was rent a movie,
2: blockbuster, blockbuster. blockbuster that night. was a real
5: thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't lose your ID. Yep.
5: <laughs> Yep, Blockbuster was a real thing, so we used to do that because that was something we could afford to do. Cook a meal together, even if it was a very simple uh, meal. And by cook a (laughs) meal together, I mean I kind of stood there.
3: Yeah, okay, (laughs) but be clear.
5: But we were both in the house while the meal was being cooked.
1: (laughs) You did do the
2: dishes.
5: I did the dishes. I can do it. And then I think as even as we had little children, we couldn't. We didn't. You know, babysitter were very expensive for us, and so. But when your kids are little, you put them to bed early, Mm -hmm. so we could put our kids to bed at seven o'clock at night. And then go pick up some food or make something for ourselves and just have a have some time together. And even now, you know, my very, very favorite thing to do in the world is to be out of town with just her. And I would rather be out of town with just her anywhere. That is my number one favorite, happiest, most enjoyable, most relaxing, most fun thing to do. And so we do that as much as we can.
1: I love it that he likes to be with me. So that is a great it doesn't matter what we're doing like he communicates to our kids and to anybody else that his favorite thing is to be with me by myself and so it really doesn't matter to me where we go or what we do but just knowing that he enjoys it is awesome so anytime if he says you want to go for a walk you want to go get ice cream you want to go out to dinner that- is it like a Searot walk or like a walk-walk? <laughs> to I'm not talking I'm about that open. today. I'm always open for but- business. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so the event isn't important to me as much as just the time that he makes the effort and wants to do it. I do like to get dressed up. So anytime. It was his birthday the other day, and I'm like, what are we wearing? And he said, well, let's go cash for my birthday, and then we'll get really (laughs) dressed up for your birthday. I'm like, let's do it. So he knows that those kind of things are fun for me, but honestly, I don't care what it is as long as we get to do it. And as long as he's – I want him to initiate it. Is that bad of me? Like I I initiate it sometimes, but I want him to initiate the date, and I want to still know that I'm on his mind. And Mm -hmm. he, he does a really good job of making me know that. Well, my husband, this started, this tradition started, but it's just
0: one day he just, um, he can tell you how he came up with this creatively, but it has been a tradition and almost every date and it has helped us communicate so, so well. You
3: want to tell them?
7: Yeah. I'm not a good conversationalist. So I noticed that when I got home from work and we went out to date, I was just exhausted and I didn't know what to say. And I was like, how was your day? That was good. <laughs> Okay, mine was two. And it was just kind of like... I just couldn't think of anything. So I started just going online, and I would find 50 questions that a husband should ask his wife. 50,
1: babe. Jimmy's eyes are like, 50? 50. Well,
7: we never go through all 50, but what's amazing is that you'll find uh, so many different websites with all these different questions. They all have little different bends. And I mean, it's just... It has made our date night so much fun from like, hey, what's the greatest dream you've ever had in your life to, you know, what's your favorite type of dessert to, I mean, anything that was your favorite color, like what's that was, you know, anything like that. And so it's been so much fun. Yeah. And sometimes I find like, hey, 50 funny questions to ask your wife or, you know, questions to bring your marriage together. And, and man, I just print out my questions or put them on my phone. That doesn't cost much. Copy, paste from the website, put it on your phone, send it to yourself. And then we just, we go out and we're on the table. She can't wait now for the questions to come out. She's like, all right, all right. You're ready. Where are the questions?
0: Well, because sometimes they either make you laugh a lot or sometimes some of those questions make you actually speak a a lot of things that you've been piling it up and you're not ready to talk in the moment or you didn't know it was a big deal. And once the question comes out, you're like... I'm going to have to say it, but you're in a setting that is only you and him, mm-hmm. you know, you've been having dinner, you got ready to go out together. So the moment the intention is good, and then you start having those conversations, at least for us, it has helped us so much mm-hmm. to bring out a lot of things that we, we wouldn't have talked about it in a different time because we we're too busy or there's not enough time or we have to go to work. There is no place for excuse. We have to talk about it.
7: Yeah. And a pro tip. When you go out and you're sitting at a booth, sit next to her, not across from her, and ask her the questions, the night ends up being better
1: you're those people you <laughs> on the same side of the booth <laughs> oh, what yeah. do we think about it let's take a vote right now uh,
7: sit next to her bro do it
1: oh yeah we, <laughs> we actually enjoy
4: making fun of those time. people <laughs> oh,
7: you need to be those people bro oh
0: yeah there's a lot of benefits that I'm not going to talk about because <laughs> this is a PG-13 <laughs> podcast but you can sit next to each other
1: you know I, I do love that idea I, I'm not talking about the sitting beside each other I'm the jury you like that, that, that idea I don't, there you I go don't know. No, there no, no. we do that the questions I'm talking about About the questions, because what happens, especially too, whenever you start to have children, young children, what does your whole day entail? Of children, you're talking about the kids the whole time. Mm -hmm. Jimmy and I just went to lunch together, talked about the kids the whole time. It was, it was, it was necessary. It was something that needed to be done. But sometimes that stuff gets heavy, and then you feel like you're. Well, you're probably never going to want to go to lunch Indeed. with me again <laughs> because that was the biggest. She drag.
5: literally said that when he pulled into the
1: parking Yeah. Lot. By the way, I was crying, you know, because Aww. it was just that kind of kind of thing, and it's like, well, that was fun. Thank you. I appreciate you <laughs> setting aside time for me, and I'll be a drain on your schedule again next week if you want to do it. But I'm kidding because sometimes, I mean, it was yeah. it was time sensitive, and he's not going to be home tonight. But the, if you're not careful, that's the. Routine? Routine. routine. Yeah, Y'all are yeah, good yeah, at finishing yeah. my sentences now. <laughs> the routine that you fall into is like, we're going on a date, but we're talking about the kids. kids or maybe yeah. you don't have, maybe it's your family or whatever. Like, mm. And you tend to go toward a problem mm. instead of, hey, let's just, we're, we're setting this side time. We look cute. We are saved up all of our money to have this good meal. What that is wonderful. I feel like that is a pro tip. Y'all.
7: It's definitely a pro tip, guys, and it works every time, and it's a lot of fun.
1: And he, I love it. And he gets a walk after. So. I love it. I
6: yeah, love so it. There you go. Amazing. Well, when during these nine months me and christian have really just been excited about the fact that we are starting a family so it's like me and him married yeah. that is yeah. a family it is. and at first i was like what do you mean we're gonna go visit my family like in a couple months he's like no no no. we are a family now so with that um we're learning like how do you guys establish healthy boundaries with your parents and with your in-laws within that creating your new family
7: Well, this was assigned to us, so I'll go ahead and answer. Actually, we had to do quite a bit of that. We come from a Hispanic family. Everybody wants to be in your life. If Hispanic mothers could have it their way, we would all live in the same house for the rest of their lives. But
6: Both my parents are like that. You see what I'm saying? My dad's not Hispanic, though. Okay, there
7: you go. So, no, actually... What happened, what I noticed over the years was that usually the main issues that the things that create sort of animosity and a little bit of, you know, awkwardness and difficulty in your families is uh, preferences. So your family has a way that they think you should be doing things, but you're establishing new patterns in a different way of living, in a different way of doing your marriage that is probably in some ways very different than the way they did it. It's going to happen also with kids. Like you're going to raise your kids in a way that your parents didn't. And so they're going to have a say. And I, you know, from the beginning, from the beginning, i made sure in our family that I set very strong boundaries. And let me give you examples of that. In my wife's life, So she shared before about the issues with her dad and that her dad, you know, he was just a difficult man and growing up was a very difficult upbringing. Well, I knew that that caused her anxiety and she felt uncomfortable. So rule number one, my father-in-law was never invited to stay in my house and he knew that he couldn't come to my house to stay. Like He he could visit, but he couldn't stay overnight. That wasn't going to be home. How about your mother-in-law? My mother-in-law can stay with me for the rest of my life. All right. I love her. All uh, right. She's the best. But we set a standard because I knew that for her, that was a big thing. Now, in family and uh, from you know her family to my family, we've had differences in terms of preferences. And what I do is that I usually... Because what happens in the Hispanic families, everybody's very passionate about the way that they think things should be done. And I basically... Draw the line, and I actually talk to the people. You know, see, Rod. I like to lean into awkwardness, so I, (laughs) I just have I go like, "Hey, that's not the way we're gonna do it." And if you're gonna talk to my wife in that way because she's doing something that's different than your way, then you're not welcome here. Like, we're Mm -hmm. not gonna have. And so I've been strong. Strong. That's
3: what I'm talking about. You bringing it home. (laughs) Well,
7: I mean, she. I'm not kidding on this. Like, she knows that we've had to set really strong boundaries. Because your family will preach the gospel of their preferences. They're going to be like, hey, these are my preferences and this is the way you should know. But they're not going to perceive them as preferences. They're going to perceive them as this is the way you should be doing them and you ought to be doing them. While we have a different perspective and in our home, it is you're invited, everybody's welcome, but we're going to do it the way that we feel is best.
0: What we notice is with time, at the beginning might feel very uncomfortable and might mm-hmm. create tension, but what we notice with time is like it creates a healthy tension and it's an educational tension, I will say, because now, you know, past forward couple of years, you know, my family knows, okay, we can cross, we can go as far as we can. Like we know Christian, we got to respect Christian in Jesus' home, like they know us how far they can go with a lot of things, you know, and they meant well, that doesn't mean that they're trying to do it in a, they meant well, but they have learned, Hey, that's their family. This is the way they, they have the rules in their family, like the way they have rules in their own house.
7: Yeah. And you know, family members feel like they can talk to each other very harshly. So like, you know, my wife's family might feel like I can just text her or call her and tell her off. Well, no, Mm -hmm. she's my wife. Like, we're not going to allow that. And we've had situations where, hey, uh, if you're going to talk to her like that, you're not welcome here until you apologize. Like, I mean, that's the way we've set very clear boundaries and on purpose because I'm responsible for her Mm -hmm. and I'm responsible for our home. And we're going to do the things the way that we feel God is leading us to do them. And we don't need somebody else to tell us how to raise our kids, how to cook our meals, how to dress, how to, you know what I'm saying? We, and I know I sound, I'm very passionate. I'm sitting closer to Jimmy. Like I'm
1: going to get in trouble. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble.
0: It's a little taken moment right there.
7: (laughs) Uh, Anyways, but that's honestly, I've worked hard since the beginning of our marriage to establish those things. Mm -hmm. It's never in a mean way. It's never in a get out of my house. I don't want you here. It's always like, Hey, as long as you are going to behave in that way or you're going to talk to my spouse in that way, honestly, it might be best for us to not have conversations. It might be best for you to not come to our house, et cetera, et cetera. So,
0: Well, it, you learn with time, too, that, you know, my husband is my biggest strength and I'm his biggest strength. So he knows by now when I react in a different way, when I'm not being myself, you know, and that's why God placed him. In my life, like you guys were saying in part one, just figuring out what a blessing he is in my life. And when we got married, you know, I didn't realize, but what a great help he is emotionally, too. Not only as my husband, emotionally for me, I don't need to go and battle. All the situations by myself. And one thing I remember that um, our pre-marriage counselor told us is like, you always speak so highly to your family about your spouse. And I think that's key for any newlyweds mm-hmm. that are listening to us. Because no matter what's going on, no matter if you guys don't like each other for a whole week or in that moment... Every time I talk to my mom, how's Christian? He is amazing. He's the best dad and husband. He is a wonderful pastor. I mean, he cannot be better, even though I want to like literally. But
7: That's (laughs) true, hopefully.
0: (laughs) It is very true. (laughs) But and it's so true because, you know, your family always going to see your spouse the way you speak about your Mm -hmm. spouse. And he is all those things that we have differences. Of course, everyone has differences, but he is all those things. I, I might be in disagreement one day, but you want to create that spouse you know portrait for them as positive as possible because if not you're going to are going to be the one setting kind of like the way they feel about your spouse. yeah,
1: And I think sometimes, so sometimes it might not even be a confrontational type of situation, but maybe just logistically communicating in the right way. So it's always going to be more natural, Christian, for your family to ask you what the plans are, and it's going to be more natural for your family to ask you. And it's not necessarily that they're trying to get their way or pin you down, but it's just a good reminder for them for you to say, hey, that, I, I hear that that's what you want to do. Let me talk to Victoria and then we'll get back with you. And it just sends from a young, and you're probably already doing that, but it just sends signals like, hey, we're together here and I want to honor and respect you, mm-hmm. but we got to talk. And I tell you who does that so well are James and Daniel, our two sons. And I notice it because we teach people to do it, but I would tend to talk to them like he calls me hey, how about this and that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Let me talk to Riley or Daniel. I don't know. Let me talk to Mary Madison. And that's so great because it keeps me from overstepping mm-hmm. even unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And so it really is our job to kind of help keep our own families at bay, even when they have the most wonderful of intentions. And eventually over the years of every time you say, that's a great idea. Let me talk to Victoria and I'll yeah. get back with you. Then They start to say, hey, why don't you talk to Victoria about this and see, you know, like you're conditioning them and you're conditioning yourself to Mm -hmm. not make unilateral decisions about what y'all are going to do, because it doesn't take very many of those for the other person to feel invaded on and not seen. And so, I don't know. The Kellys.
3: We just actually had that. My uh, younger sister and her husband, Uh they own a land clearing business and they were coming in town or South Florida to pick up some fleet for their business. So my sister called me to say, hey, big brother, I'm gonna reach out to Kira and see if Lo and I can stay the night at the house. And it's because through the years that has been the the Mm -hmm. thought, you know, I'm going to say, let me check in with Kira. So she just wanted me to know. She hey, already what? knows it's okay with you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she says, I just want you to know we're coming through, but I'm going to reach out to Kira to ask Kira if we can stay. So everything you've said is absolutely. Now I am not, I, I like the passion with which Christian yes. mm. yeah. brought that. It was a little scary for a moment, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. But
2: I, and I think, I mean, just echoing what everyone had said, just kind of creating that level of, it's really about respect mm. all the way across yeah. the board and really setting that tone very very early in your marriage. Yeah. That's
0: good. Hey, and that will help you later on when you have kids. Yes. So it's the same, it's mm-hmm. the same dynamic. Yes. It's like, hey, yeah, same dynamic. Show. As your dad, go ask your mom, ask your dad. That also gives you leverage for like, let's make up our minds and see what we're going to decide mm-hmm. about that.
4: Yeah. Next question. This is a question for the men. I know it's a mom village, but I have a man village question for you guys. Something that we've learned, at least I've learned is a little bit harder said than done is the idea of a man leading their spouse. So I'd love to know from you gentlemen, what does it look like when you lead your spouse? Because I know we need to lead them through decisions, but I know we also need to lead them through the everyday, making them feel thought about, making them feel loved. So nine months in, I got no idea what I'm doing. So I'm looking for some passion from all you guys in these answers. How do you lead your spouse? spiritually
5: i think i'm going to let kristen answer that because it's one thing for me to say here's how i would do it it's another thing for her to say well here's what he does now she may say he does nothing <laughs> i don't know but i think it'd be better for you to speak into that
1: okay so part of this has developed over the years but i feel like we have a good rhythm with this now so jimmy definitely hands down as the leader of our home. I don't think anybody would look at the Scroggins home and think I'm the one wearing the pants. It's just not our personalities, but people would not know that I have strong opinions about things too. And I can be sassy and I can be strong willed. And so he has had to learn to manage all of that and lead well, because I don't tend to be brash, but I tend to close off if I don't feel like I'm being heard and so he has murky waters to navigate in leading me, but he does it well. And one of the things that he does is if we have a big decision to make about something, he tries to ask me what my perspective is on it and we pray together over it. And he always tells me that he's not ever going to do anything unless we're both in agreement on. Now, Big things, you know. We can't paralyze our whole family based on whether I want to go out to eat at a certain place or not. But I'm saying like big things. Like if we're praying, (laughs) it does happen periodically. I will tell you that. But you know, if we're deciding, should we move? Should we, uh, you know, buy a car? Should we buy a house? Should we refi? You know, we're going to agree with that together. And yes, he's the leader of our home. And ultimately, if we can't come to a conclusion, that the tiebreaker is him. But But he is so clear with our children and with me that we're a team and that we're making these decisions together and that he not just out of obligation hears my perspective, but wants to listen and uh, get my insight because he knows that that matters. And I think that's really important for husbands. Wives want to feel heard and feel seen and valued. And when our husbands listen to us, like really listen, it's not even that they'll always agree, but I think that's really important. Victoria, you have a question for the ladies?
6: I do. Um, Ladies, how do you balance your own personal ministry while also... Um, supporting your spouse's ministry. A lot of you guys, your spouses are pastors. And so that's really exciting. But I know that you love to lead as well and you have great things to say. So how do you guys do that well while also supporting your spouses?
2: Well, you know, I'll just jump in right here. I was thinking back just years ago when we were just having babies and Eric was working a full-time job, planning a church in grad school. We just had a couple of things going on. And I was still very immature in my growth. But one of the things that I feel like a woman that was mentoring me helped me to have a broader perspective of where um, the season that we were in is just understanding that, you know, my ministry was at the time was primarily in our home and being supportive. So, and as we talked about in episode one, being able to have those goals and dreams together. So part of our dream was for me to be able to stay at home. So in order for me to help us perpetuate that dream, you know, my job was at home while he was, you know, out like physically planting churches, working a 40 hour work week, going to grad school at the time. So, I mean, and now, you know, years later, it's a little different. I get to come here and be a part of this podcast. I mean, that's, I don't know that it was a dream at the time, but this is a part of my ministry at Mm -hmm. this season of life because our kids are older and we're just in a different place. So I think sometimes learning to appreciate where you are at that time and realizing and seeing that, you know, where God has placed us is our ministry at times, even if it's maybe not physically in the church. Just
0: for us, just including your spouse and your ministry Stop individualizing everything. It's not his ministry or your ministry. It's you guys ministry. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you you're passionate about something and he's passionate about something, is mm-hmm. both of you's ministry. Is the same thing we were talking in part one about. It's you guys together doing everything you know, together. I mean, he's your biggest strength and she is your biggest strength. So we wish we can keep talking to y'all because we have so much we can talk about and more questions, but we might just post it in social media and see what the people have to say. Right, guys? Absolutely. But we have to say goodbye. This has been part two. Newlyweds, guys, thank you so much. Can we, can we give you. a round of applause to our newlyweds? <laughs> Come on, they survived. They made it. Thank you everyone for listening. This is part two and we'll see you on our next episode in Marriage Conversations. Let's say goodbye. One, two, three.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.